Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Sixty years after the pill revolutionized women's emancipation, the business of birth control examines the complex relationship between hormonal birth control and women's health and liberation. The documentary traces the feminist movement to investigate and expose the pill's risk alongside the racial legacy of hormonal contraception and the ongoing weaponization against communities of color. The film, again, is called The Business of birth control, and we're joined today by the director, Abby Epstein. Abby, welcome to Film School Radio. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. Uh, you have been, you and Ricky Lake, the producer, as a co-producer of the film, have been um, tracking a number of issues and histories and politics around conception, birthing, contraception, all kinds of issues around women's health and the politicalization. Is this part of a continuum of your interest? What was it about this particular subject that drew you to it? Yeah, I think it's definitely part of a continuum. I mean, this film is definitely in the legacy of the business of being born. The first film that Ricky and I did together, which was about midwifery and the sort of birthing system, I guess, in America. So we, you know, Ricky and I, I think, always been really interested in that sort of intersection between women's lives and reproductive rights. And the business of being born was like a very personal film. Both of our childbirths were depicted in it. And so this film is inspired by a book called Sweetening the Pill. Um, the author is a woman named Holly Griggs-Ball. And Holly actually sent me the galley of the book back in like 2015 and said, you know, um, this book's going to be published and there's some documentary interest in it. And I just thought of you and Ricky, like I just feel because of the business being born, like this is really in your wheelhouse. And so I read the book and I just felt like, okay, here we go again. Like, we've got to blow the lid off this. You know, it's just sort of another kind of industry (laughs) created around women's bodies where women are being exploited in the sense that they're not given the full picture. They're not really getting full informed consent. And nobody's talking about this. You know, nobody is pulling back the veil. So I was like, this is perfect for us. And this goes back to something that has been part of the history of medicine as far back as you'd care to to go back in history when it comes to women's health and this sort of mythology that has grown up around women's particularly reproductive health, reproductive welfare, that the science has been uneven, at times misogynistic. There's so many issues that are around this. And then when you throw in the idea of making a lot of money off of women's health, you get this crazy stew of of misinformation and consequences, right? Is that, am I being fair to that? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think the control of women's bodies goes, you know, way, way, way back. But yes, I agree. I mean, I think that 
And in the same hand, you know, a lot is being written now about how kind of like unstudied, right? Women's anatomy is right. Um, drugs were not tested on women for years and years and years. So like on the one hand, it's like this super underserved population yeah. in terms of research, but then probably the most exploited in terms of like entire industries being created around fixing women's bodies, right? Or aiding them with a process that is natural. You could look at the formula industry around breastfeeding. You know, you could look at um, obstetrics, plastic surgery, hormonal contraception, so many things. Well, what about IUDs as well? There was, a, I saw a documentary mm -hmm. a few years ago about the IUD, which is the T-shaped one that has caused so much damage in women. I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the name of it right oh, now. Oh, the Dalcon Shield? Yes. The original one from yes. the 70s? Oh, God, that was it a disaster. Had, had that mutilated women for years mm -hmm. and years mm -hmm. and nothing was... In addition yeah. to what you just described, not only that, but men are in charge of the research oftentimes. Men are the mm -hmm. ones who speak on behalf of women. Men are the mm -hmm. ones who are passing legislation that affects women, right? I mean, these are mm -hmm. all part of the yep. story, right? Yeah, there is part of the story. There's also that other birth control, um, Esure, which was more of like a sterilization coil and the coil was opening up and I mean, doing so much damage. And it just, you know, I think that, again, we have an issue in this country with regulation because we have these mutual interests between the FDA and the drug companies and you have this revolving door. And I think people now have seen it more up close because of the opiate epidemic and people watch that Hulu series Dope Sick. And, you know, they're sort of now more getting behind the scenes of how this happens, like how the drug companies, you know, cherry pick their studies, finance their own studies, pay to get their drugs through. And it's very, very scary because you've got to be your own advocate now, you know, because you don't want to be a person that ends up to be that one in a thousand or, you know, whatever, who has the adverse reaction. Or I think like with the case of birth control, it's just so it's being passed off as like so innocuous and like this kind of candy, like, oh, you just pop this pill every day. And no one really is very clear on what it's actually doing and how it yeah. can affect not only your physical health, but your mental health on right. so many levels. I want to explore, I mean, when the making of the business of birth control, what was your kind of way in? What was it that you and Ricky like were looking for in terms of diving into this and then starting to unpack it? How did you, how did you get into it? Yeah. I mean, we got into it, like I said, through Holly Griggsfall's book, right. Sweetening the Pill. And so Holly had a personal experience, which isn't in the movie, but she had a personal experience with her mental health and a pill called Yaz, Yasmin, which she blogged about and then wrote about. And so I think, you know, originally our way in was talking to experts who had a slightly different take on this, you know, the mainstream medical take, looking at some of the victims, uh, there was an excellent Vanity Fair article that Marie Brenner wrote called Danger in the Ring, all about the Nuva Ring. That article was really enlightening. 
Um, some of the families in the film are featured in that article, some of the families that lost children. So, you know, for us, it was like, okay, let's start with what are the externalities of the side effects? Let's talk to medical professionals. Let's talk to women's health experts. Let's speak to the medical side effects, the studies that are coming out, validating some of the issues with depression And let's look at these kind of families on the other spectrum who have had the worst of it, who've lost children due to these products. But then we also have to look at the racist legacy because we can't assume that this affects black and brown people the same way it affects white people. So we had to specifically look at, you know, how this issue affects black and brown people. And then we wanted to look at, you know, where is this going? You know, what is the future? Is it apps? Is it technology? Is it solutions for men? Is, you know, and so that's where we sort of try to leave the film, you know, at the end, which is sort of looking at that new generation that is kind of outgrown this this model of this pill that their grandmothers took and is, you know, looking for something, something safer and better. Not only does the film take on all the things you just described, but it also takes on what I think for some people would be considered kind of the a paragon of of organizations looking out for women, like Planned Parenthood is right there. But there's yep. in addition to that, there are other organizations as well. But it, it's it's that, and this is what I love about documentary filmmakers and the willingness to kind of follow the thread through wherever it takes you is wherever you are willing to go. And, and that's what it happens in this film, the business of birth control. And there's a fundamental question here for me. And and that is the inability, not only the medical establishment, but also theology, culture, psychology of our unwillingness to truly understand women's health, women's bodies are fascination and and at the same time, our unwillingness to understand the reproductive organs of women. It's like something, it it almost feels like, and maybe this is a stretch. It probably is a stretch, (laughs) but it feels like we're kind of in some psychological way, we, because of something we don't understand, we men dominating this field of medicine don't understand it. And we, we ascribe it to something akin to witchcraft, something that goes back. I mean, literally like how it happens was a mystery for how long, for many, many, many years. And it was, you know, and so instead of trying to figure it out, we ascribed it to something that was more akin to sorcery. (laughs) I guess that's what it feels like. Yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. And I feel that too. It's so funny because the first time that when I was meeting with Ricky Lake and we were talking about making the business of being born and I was like, midwifery, this sounds like witchcraft. You know, I was like, what's going on here? And then um, Ricky showed me on her, on her little camcorder, you know, like those old camcorders. I was watching, you know, her home video of her birth. And I was watching this thing going, are you kidding me? And I swear to God, I had this like metaphysical moment where I saw her in that bathtub and she threw her head back and her wet hair was in the water. And then the midwife reached down and said, Ricky, Ricky, pick up your baby. And she reached her hand down between her legs and pulled this human being. And I was like, oh my God, this is why they're scared of women. Yes. This 
is yes. some like Greek god stuff going on here. That well, is what is going on. I, I have never witnessed a birth, but the idea of a, another human being coming out of a human being is pretty freaking amazing on many levels. So yes, I get some of this ancient weirdness yeah. that comes through, but the ramifications are real life. The ramifications are deadly for this attitude, right? Yes, I totally agree. And I think that what I think has happened in a certain sense is that, and we talk about this a little bit in the film, but because the medical profession has, let's say, become in a gender sense, more represent, more representational, right? So like maybe now in med schools, you have a more even balance, right? Of like male and female, you know, going into to the profession. So there's this feeling <laughs> of like, oh, but you know, all these OBGYNs, you know, are women now. And it doesn't change the actual training. It doesn't change that there's still no education about nutrition in right. medical school. Right. Or it doesn't it so I think there's this kind of facade you know, that somehow women are becoming more studied or just because you're seeing a female physician, she's going to know so much more about how to solve your lady part problems because she has lady part, but they don't because the research isn't there. Right. Well, it's the business of birth control. It doesn't change the business model. It doesn't change the profit motive. It doesn't change the greenwashing, if you will, of what it is in terms of the of the the risks involved in the in what you describe in the film. Exactly. Thank you for this film. <laughs> and thank you for your. Are we at a trilogy yet, or uh, where we're at yet. in terms of the in terms of the telling of the all these these uh, different stories? From the business of being born to the business of birth control, mm-hmm. Abby Epstein and Ricky Lake have been in the forefront of trying to bring a greater understanding and appreciation and hopefully action on the part of people, not only at a lo- at your personal level, but at a much higher level, much greater impact on the way we go about doing this. Congratulations and thank you for your time and come back anytime. Thank you so much, Mike. I appreciate it. We're talking with director Abby Epstein about the film, The Business of Birth Control. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Music